You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. How to dream, cowboys. Welcome, everybody. Oh, it's the HBO boys. It's a full docket today. Lots of people talking about a movie with lots of characters. It's The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. That's a bad movie. Stick a the on there. It's a good movie. This is the James Gunn version uh, starring everyone in the world. I'm James. That was Ryan. And we also have Adam and Chad. Hello. Hi. It does star everyone in the world. I know, it's it's star-studded. And the, uh, just right off the bat, the advertising of this really made you think that, like, half of the cast would be in more than five minutes of the I movie. I was angry. I was angry. <laughs> I was very angry. Did anyone else feel anger? I was Or were cheated. you like, that's funny? I like Captain Boomerang. I like He's Flula. fucking dead now. No, I know, I know. He's very dead. I, I, I can't believe they had the guts to, like, put Nathan Fillion's name, like, in the trailer. <laughs> he was one of the only ones who was, at the end, not deceased on screen, just critical condition. So, TDK might be coming back. Oh, boy. The detachable arm guy? The detachable kid. Ugh, yeah. so weird. <laughs> so many weird heroes in this in this franchise. Before we keep going, patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z for one or more dollar a month. You can hear the stuff that we record before the recordings. We did it uh, before this about Woodstock 99, the documentary that's on HBO. And you can hear a bunch of extra bonus content. The third episode of Talkie Boys Radio Hour went up recently. It was up on the Patreon before that. And there's a bunch of stuff up there. And now I would be honored to get back to our roots and get an old school James recap, baby. Well, really quick, we should talk about the context that they fired James Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. So he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go work for DC and I'm going to take Michael Rooker with me. For five minutes. And the day after he got the job for the Suicide Squad, he got rehired at Disney because they were like, oh, shit. 
he brought more he brought a bunch of actors with him it wasn't mm. just it wasn't just him because like a uh, mantis was one of the was one of the dancers at the bar and um and what's his name who's in all of his, james gunn his, his brother his brother yeah. was the weasel. Sean, Sean yeah, gunn, yeah but he was he was also just in the the movie like uh, he, he his, also sylvester stallone who <laughs> he had to be like I, I read the conversation. He was like, hey, do you want to be a shark? And Sylvester Sloan was like, anything for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played Killer Croc. I mean, right, King Shark. That was a good joke. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I wish my brother were a famous Hollywood movie, movie maker so that, I, so that I could do like these really easy parts. Uh, uh, like, how dare you? A, uh, a dead weasel. <laughs> He didn't die. He comes back to life at the end. Spoiler alert. I know. <laughs> and when he comes back alive, it's under a full moon, yeah. which is a callback to a pa- Pete Davidson's black guard being like, are you fucking werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> he died very quickly, too. <laughs> if you remember the original 2016 Suicide Squad, uh, you could the the first act of that movie is just the movie starting again, and then it starts again, and then it starts again. There's the thousand beginnings to that movie, as they introduce each character who gets their own little, like, montage and scene, as they, Amanda Waller is having, like, a a conversation, expositing in a cafe, and it's just horrible. And that was, like, one of the worst setups in movie history. James Gunn literally does the setup in, like, basically a minute that he goes amanda waller shows up to michael rooker's jail cell and he's like we're doing a suicide squad it's a team of bad guys if you don't do my orders i kill you it's going to be a very dangerous mission let's go no, you're on the plane now get ready you know I, you what i just realized i thought i remembered suicide squad and then what you just described i i realized i remember nothing about the first <laughs> it's suicide a very squad forgettable movie. movie that's why <laughs> you i remember a guy it. turns into a giant like devil man Yeah, you blocked it out of your mind's eye. But also, (laughs) this movie does have the advantage of coming after the David Ayer outing where people understand the context while watching it, that they had another one. They did every person's origin story for the first third of the movie. That was obviously shitty. One of the main reasons the pacing was so terrible. And James Gunn, while watching it, must have just been like, oh, I'll just like really ram this home first minute and then spread out. I mean, like, Ratcatcher 2's origin story happens with, like, 30, 35, 40 minutes left of the movie, and it's, like, heartbreaking and almost made me fucking cry. Yeah, well, he decided to make a movie during his movie time. You you know, like, he decided to focus on the movie and not focus on the setup. Mm. And Will Smith isn't in it. He had scheduling conflicts. All right, Idris Elba is great. I heard that they they didn't want to make a new Deadshot on the off chance that Will Smith might want to come back. They didn't want to, like, lose that actor and his name. Of course not. They just swapped in an identical version of Deadshot. Right. Which is better. You think this movie is better off with Idris Elba over Will Smith? Yes. It would have made more money if Will Smith was in it. I think that like Will Smith definitely has charisma. You no one can argue mm. oh, against yeah, that. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think that, sure. I think that Idris Elba. I think that his charisma matched the tone of the movie better. Yes, oh, it, I agree. Idris Elba should be the next Bond. It's not going to happen because Ooh, God, I want racist, it. But like, I want it so Idris badly. Elba is going to be Knuckles in the next Sonic movie. Oh yeah, that's like the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this this is like Team A, Suicide Squad Team A, and we have a few familiar faces here. We have uh, Jai Courtney as uh, what, Mister Boomerang, Boomerang Man. <laughs> captain That's Captain Boomerang. Boomerang captain you. Boomerang. <laughs> He's a captain. Yeah. Uh, as well as uh, Joel Kinnaman is back as Rick Flag, but like doing the role completely different, like doing it good this time. He's fun now. Like Joel Kinnaman is a good actor, and David Ayers just fucked him with a terrible script. <laughs> uh, and and James Gunn like brought him back to life. Was he dead? No, his his <laughs> his, his, his career in the DCEU was. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. They made him <laughs> like I don't think I I'm never gonna go back and watch the first Suicide Squad, but I don't know how many laugh lines like purposeful laugh lines Rick Flag got in the first one, but he had a bunch in the second one, and he was a character that I wanted to succeed. In the second one, and in the first one, uh, you, was, you forgot he was in it the moment it ended. Yeah, in, in the first movie, he's just like stoic army man. He's not funny at all. He's no. nothing like he is in this movie. He just is. So do, do you think that in the first, in the very first, at the beginning of this movie, they, they had the A-team go in and they had the characters that we recognized from the first Suicide Squad movie. Do, do you think that they killed him off to kind of represent like the forget about the last team we're moving on? Was that supposed to be like a metaphor? Mm. Or that this is real. No, I think it was just subverting expectations of the advertising and also a way to be like, well, they're also disrespecting Harley Quinn. Why is she on this team and not the other one? And also, by the way, you you thought these people would be in the movie? <laughs> nah, dude. It's kind of like how they what they did with Endgame where they made it seem like they were all going to like team up and go find oh, yeah. Thanos. Yeah, and no. then they, they decapitate him in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's a twist, right? It's an M. Night Shyamalan yeah. ding-dong, invincible-esque twist, just, you know, better than In the than beginning. Yeah. yeah, right. In the first five minutes. You know, I was reading something on Reddit. They were talking about this movie, and a lot of people, well, a lot of, like, super DC fans were, like, pissed that these characters were dead in the first 10 minutes. People were like, yeah, I walked out 40 minutes in. Like, I just didn't want to watch it anymore. Oh, my God. A person who <laughs> has to like, write, like, I type go out. That far. <laughs> no, like, who cares about that stupid idiot? I walked out <laughs> of, of the movie. A lot of people agreed with him. Nobody oh, gives they, a shit. They were upset that people died in the first 10 minutes, so they left at 45 minutes. Well, yeah, like, you know, thinking to give it a sense. chance, but then they were like, eh, I was really expecting it to be something different, and then they and just went into it. not enough boomerangs. Yeah, I Suck wanted a boomerang, dick. man, too. Come on, those boomerangs are sick. Anyway, James, continue. <laughs> All right, I guess start. <laughs> the setup of the mission that they're on is that this Central American island nation ruled by a brutal dictatorship, but they were pro-America, so everything was cool. But now there's been a military uh, coup, and now America's not so sure about certain secret assets that they have on the island, and so they want the Suicide Squad to go in and destroy it, and destroy any trace of America's meddling here. So very bleak and uh, very cynical... Uh, picture of America's role in the world already, and I, I really appreciated that, actually. If this movie was made in, like, the 1950s or 60s, the writers and directors would have been followed by the FBI for the next decade as, like, <laughs> dissenters and communists. As soon as they arrive on the island, they are immediately betrayed by Pete Davidson's character, Blackguard, has just informed the military that they were coming for some reason. And I thought that that was actually kind of a plot hole. Cause, cause, okay, you, you give away the info to the military 
in order to what? Free yourself from prison? Free yourself from Task Force X? Get himself You're shot You're immediately going to get the bomb blown <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was a callback to the comics where Blackguard in the comics is just kind of an asshole. Well, I think that um, this was part of Amanda Waller's plan. Of course it was. was. Just to set to sacrifice because this was like the weaker team and it had all like the the shitty heroes on it. I mean, I guess we don't we don't know. Maybe, maybe Amanda told him like like I'm not going to put a bomb in your neck. You're the real operative. You need to reach out. Yeah, maybe we don't know. I mean, we can speculate ourselves to make into making anything make sense, but the, you're right. The movie it has a plot hole there. It did not tell us why that made sense and why he didn't just get his head blown off. Yeah, but also the first comment on the Reddit thread about this movie is, if you didn't like Pete Davidson or came into this movie not liking him, you're going to love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he immediately gets his head blown off anyway, but by a bullet and not from an embedded bomb. Nice. And then things just go worse from there. There's a like helicopter shooting at them, and so one villain named Mong Gal. It's like Gamora. Or orange monster girl yeah gamora tries to jump on the helicopter and bring it down which she succeeds in doing but also dies in the process and which also sends her like helicopter blade debris at captain boomerang and kills him like immediately which again like i was i was also as like the one likable character from the first movie i was a little disappointed that he died immediately Especially because, like, Captain Boomerang, like, yeah, sure, he's lame, but he's also really cool, and he didn't get a chance to be cool. Like, I don't even remember him using a boomerang in the first movie. He used a boomerang in one of his uh, eight origin stories, I think, that occurred. (laughs) And then at this point of the movie is where they were like, oh, my God, we're losing. Send in TDK. And you assume that Nathan Fillion's TDK is going to be um, sick? Because it's Nathan Fillion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you can't expect like Nathan. Phil- I feel like he he constantly does that. Like he he subverts us in the roles that he gets. At least he used his power, flew the Borg's javelin. He didn't. I don't think threw the javelin one time. No, he didn't. Yeah, I was so bummed about Flula. He was like all over social media about him being in this movie, and he was in it for so so little. He had three lines. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, his javelin would go on to be a huge oh, it plot was point of the great. movie. To you know, Harley Quinn, who was getting totally shit on being on this team in the first place. And I know I'm getting ahead of us, but I like that Harley Quinn thought that he was telling because he's like she's trying to remember what trying to figure out what he wants her to have the javelin for. And by the end, she's like, I know what it's for now. He wanted me to, I don't know, stab the giant starfish in the eyeball. But I digress. (laughs) Yeah. did, Did javelin know about the giant starfish? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. The, the way they set it up, you think th- that TDK is like going to be their ace in the hole to get them out of this situation, and so he <laughs> pops off his arms like Buggy the Clown, and and he you think he's going to <laughs> to like so grab ridiculous. like maybe he could like grab a gun with his floating hand, but no, he just does like Three Stooges stuff. <laughs> it really did feel like that. He slaps him real good. <laughs> it was kind of like flappy floppy arms. Yeah. That can levitate? Like, what? <laughs> they all get killed. Uh, Javelin is shot. Everyone else is shot. They're blown up. The weasel drowned when they first landed. Uh, and Rick Flag is pinned down, and so is Harley Quinn. And at that point, Michael Rooker's character just, like, runs away in terror. And because he 
is going AWOL, Amanda Waller blows his head off, and that's actually that's the title sequence is his his blood and guts in the sea. Starting a I, common thread of the movie. Oh, where I did like that. I did like it. Chapters have actual on screen names made by things in the background. So I thought it was when it when Warner Brothers was blood from Michael Brooker's head, I was like, how did they see that and go, <laughs> That's perfect. They were into it. So one thing about you know, people were saying, oh, we we're disappointed with the beginning. Uh, Adam brought up that people felt like, you know, it was unfair that characters that they, they, they knew and love were treated so callously. I think the whole point of this intro sequence is that the movie is basically inviting you to take on like an Amanda Waller mindset of like that life is more or less expendable and these people are just blips on a map and if they die horribly, like whatever. Yeah, I think this movie did a really good job showing that side of him like really they're just tools and she doesn't care as long as the tool as long as the hammer hits the nail in the end and well then we uh we see the the a team who get onto the beach led by idris elba and you can even tell just kind of looking at them that they seem to have uh, a lot more going on for them and they can see the explosions happening in the distance and amanda waller just tells them like don't worry about that that's just a diversion i created (laughs) And so she really just did kill like 10 people just, just to create a diversion. So did she she out the team with uh, Pete Davidson's character then? Was it intentional? Yeah. Like what Chad said, like we can infer that, but yeah. it's not stated. But this team has a huge leg up. This is the whole A team. Okay. Idris Elba, Mr. T, Face, <laughs> Murdoch, Hannibal. How will they lose? And well, so then we flash back to a couple weeks earlier when she's trying to recruit Idris Elba's villain Bloodspore, I'd never heard of him, into the Suicide Squad because he's like a really talented killer. And we find out that he's basically dead shot. Like, he's a mercenary killer for hire, but also has like a daughter who he cares about. Which is just like Deadshot. <laughs> yeah, and then his daughter is used as leverage to get him into the Suicide Squad, just like Deadshot. Yeah, the right. only difference is an English accent and his armor is guns. Well, he yeah, he looks like a Destiny character. The, the only <laughs> thing, the only thing, I, I don't know anything about DC, not really. But the only thing I learned this after watching the movie, I guess he his character in the comics, he, he can like summon weapons from like a pocket dimension, and they kind of give him that ability in a different way, where he's like building, he's like taking pieces of his suit off, and it looks like weapons are coming from nowhere. But yeah, they're I mean, like. They're like Stark's micro beads or whatever the hell they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nano, nano technology or whatever. And then we meet John Cena, which I was surprised we even could see him. Because, you know, when he was <sighs> waving his hand in front of his face, he should be too. invisible. Also, this was supposed to be Dave Batista, but Dave Batista said no to do Army of the Dead, which we all now know and understand was a mistake. We talked about this in the Army of the Dead podcast. <laughs> I think eventually, though, we got lucky because John Cena in this role is so good. He kind of steals the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's getting a TV show. Yeah, and he's getting this character's getting his own spinoff. Made by James Gunn. That's crazy. Is that confirmed? Yeah, they already yeah. shot it. In January. Oh. In January. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they knew, they, well, they knew what they had on their hands before this movie came out. They're like, yeah, John Cena's going to be the, the breakout of this. Then we meet uh, King Shark, who is just... Killer Croc, but he's he's not an alligator. He's a shark. He's, he's Killer Croc if he was both the Hulk and Groot. Right. It's a great comedic effect character. 
Sylvester Stallone does a good dumb voice. And the best thing I can say for him is not one time did I think his CGI is bad. It it just sort of was kind of perfect in the movie. And it just is like a tentpole of how good CGI is these days. Yeah, the effects in this movie were really good. Yeah, in fact, John Cena was completely CGI. Yeah, that big vein in his arm it took like five days to render. <laughs> like in life, he's just CGI. The uh, the two metahumans on the team are Ratcatcher 2, who has the power to control rats. Um, and she's very sleepy. She's sleepy and millennial. She's a millennial and they yeah. keep teasing her about that. <laughs> Is she a metahuman or does she just have the thing she holds? Who knows? She can talk to that rat. That's true. It's not a normal I, thing. But I think that the rat is just like super smart. Like I, she wasn't. I don't feel like she was using any power to control the rat. I think the rat had its own consciousness, which doesn't really make sense because she needed that like light bulb to do it. The rat had its, its own tech. consciousness. Uh, that's my band name. No one can take it. <laughs> the rat's consciousness. No, that's worse. <laughs> And then we have uh, my favorite character, the kind of, he's the very shy, unassuming, but like deeply insane polka dot man. I liked yeah. him. Uh, I liked him. Yeah. <laughs> so bummed. Uh, yeah. He's the Eeyore of the team. Yeah. And so like clearly they've got like two trained assassins and then two metahumans and a, a shark monster. And they're just way better equipped than the B team. And so like they get on the island, no problem. And very quickly, I think they, they get the, the mission to head into more or less the capital city. And we see a bit of their team dynamics here. Idris Elba and Peacemaker John Cena hate each other because, I don't know, there's that thing where it's like, oh, we're we're too similar to ever get along. Competitive uh, rivalry. Uh, while they're camping out, the shark tries to eat the rat girl, but she's not even mad. She didn't, she didn't even wake up. She didn't wake up. <laughs> yeah, she's very sleepy. She She's so sleepy that she's not mad. And then we also see, like, Polka Dot Man wake up in the middle of the night, and there's an interesting body horror sequence where, like, Polka Dots are <laughs> oh. growing from and like under his man. skin. So good. It looked like he vomited a birthday party. And, like, uh, I he he mostly, he's, like, has a disease. It's not even a superpower. It's just, like, a virus that he's dealing with. Oh, yeah, what they call it, an interdimensional or hyperdimensional virus or something? Yeah, yeah. it was a, a call out to Star Labs, which is from, um, actually, it's it's from the Justice League movie, and it's where the Flash is born. Oh. His mom, like, was trying to do experiments to turn her kids into superheroes, and I, apparently a bunch of them died, and he got this, like, weird polka dot disorder. <laughs> Listen to James and I do Justice League, where halfway through the four-part episode about the four-hour-long Justice League, we give up doing a recap, and we just start doing a two-man show. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I did love that they put his mom as, like, people's face. Like That that was was so... I loved that. Especially at the the very, very end. (laughs) Like, the giant mom. I was, like, fucking dying. See, I'm I'm upset that he dies, spoiler alert. Because... Because I want to know more about his character. Like, how did he get to get in prison? Like, it, it's what? what he wanted, Chad. He said at the beginning he hopes he died. He mm. in um, that moment we're jumping way ahead, but he's like, "I'm a superhero, murdered." Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he died happy, but he also like got to realize his dream, and then it was immediately killed. I don't know. No, no, I 100 percent agree with you. I think the term "died happy" is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, he was so happy. He died that he's mediocre. Not dead. 
His, his life was miserable, but he died. He was happy the last four seconds. The next day, as they're trudging through the jungle, they're informed by Amanda Waller that, like, Rick Flagg is still alive and he's been captured by a paramilitary organization and that they need to go rescue him. And what follows is, like, a pretty, like, a really interesting action scene where, like, Bloodsport and Peacemaker are going through the paramilitary camp just like trying to kill people silently but then also having a competition over who can kill the most people and uh it's extremely violent there's one moment where like peacemaker is just very casually walking by a dude sleeping yeah. and he just hacks him several times with that. this was my yeah. favorite scene in the entire movie when the end happens and turns out no these were the good guys and you just like shot a toaster and put it into a bathtub and killed oh, somebody. Yeah. A person was just yes. doing laundry and you shot them in the face. <laughs> and while you were doing like a weird version of the Gimli and Legolas thing at Helm's Deep, like one, two, but it said like they're not orcs and they're just like the good guys. See, and, and I think this shows because Amanda Waller probably knew that they were the the rebels, but she didn't care. She's like, go in, kill everybody, get your guy back. Like she like it just shows how she she thinks about humanity, how she thinks about these people. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the objective, get the guy out. And of course, like the the leader of the rebel militia is is like really upset <laughs> that they killed so many of her comrades. <laughs> right. But Rick Flag Rick Flag's able to like smooth it over and and they're able to work things out. And yeah, within two yeah, minutes. You know, how, how easily able to smooth things out. You killed 20 of my best men and whatever. Our goals align. So th- we then get like an extended Harley Quinn sequence. So she's kidnapped on the beach and she's taken to the palace of like the, the guy who did the coup, more or less. And he has fallen in love with her. Because he, he, well, he knows about her because she's an infamous Batman villain, I guess. And she, he mistakes like her, her streak of crime as being like anti American radical revolutionary violence, which it's not. It's just, uh, insane. she's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like out of this world, insane, self serving. Real quick, did, did any of you guys watch that Birds of Prey movie that came out then no one was paying not. attention? No. no, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see Girl Girl Deadpool. Girl Deadpool. <laughs> but I mean, I, it looks okay. I mean, I might go and watch it now based on Margot Robbie's performance in this movie. Uh, you said that John Cena steals the show. I think that's true to a fault. But I think the highly underrated performance in this movie is a post-breakup Harley Quinn played by Margot Robbie, who is like, Obviously, the biggest actress in the whole thing, you know, maybe Idris Elba, but she she stood out the entire time. And this entire sequence, it was it was not a subversion. You you started from the beginning where you're like, oh, she's she's captured, but you didn't think for one moment that she was going to need help. Yeah, no, right. Well, I mean, it, it helped that in the trailer we saw that they were going to try to save her. Like we oh, yeah. we saw the result of this That's scene. That's true. <laughs> The There's trailer. also a very a very quick scene where we see like the military leadership meeting with uh, the Suicide Squad's target, this scientist named the Thinker, who is the one in charge of whatever research the United States is involved in. 
and more or less they're like, you work for us now, and I don't know, he's nothing he can do, so he's like, I guess I do. Yeah, and he's played by Peter Capaldi, the recent Doctor Who, and he has a lot of syringes in his head, and it's giant, and he looks insane. Is that where I know him from, from Doctor Who? Probably. He's the old Doctor, right? Yeah. Is that I don't it? Like Doctor Who. I don't I know, don't, Chad. Like, I'm not I don't you. know anything about Doctor Who either, but the, the guy looked so goddamn familiar. He's Doctor Who. <laughs> you know, he looks like that the uh, the guy from Epic Rap Battles of History. Oh my god, um, he does. Nice Peter. He really Yeah, does. nice Peter. He does. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. So the president takes Harley Quinn around his mansion and shows her his collection of parrots. And he explains that she's so popular down here because, I don't know, I, I don't know, because they hate America and she's killed a lot of law enforcement agents in America, I guess. Like, it's not really that clear. Uh, and uh, Maybe it's, maybe we learn more in Birds of Prey. And he decides, like, he wants to marry her since she's so popular here, it'll cement his popularity. And she agrees, and they just bang right there uh, on the table, smashing all of his fancy artifacts. <laughs> Lighting things on fire. (laughs) And after they bang, he then does his evil person monologue, in which monologue he's just like, and, you know, if we need to kill children, then we shall do that as well. More to the Starro Fund. And then turns around and gets shot in the chest, which I was not... I assumed something terrible was going to happen to that guy, but not at that moment. And by Harley Quinn immediately, it was actually surprising. Yeah, I expected right. it to. I expected the uh, the Suicide Squad to come in and kill him and be like, "We came to save you." And then she's like, "I didn't need saving." I thought they were going to do that kind of cliche, but no, it was good. And in her her monologue, I, I really liked her monologue about like how she she it's a red flag and she she has to be true to herself it was like empowering but also insane well that's because she just got out of the most toxic relationship in comic book history with 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 the joker jared leto's joker (laughs) with jared leto live fast die clown baby Uh, after she kills him she is immediately taken in by like the other members of the military command so now they, she's like back on the radar or whatever. So they give the order to go and rescue her. And so now they need to like get basically into the city. They have to infiltrate it as civilians. And so they all put on like regular clothes. The shark is trying to get a false mustache to disguise <laughs> the fact that he's a shark. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Shark is fun. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Groot Hulk. Think yeah, about it. For, for, oh, absolutely. We get the tragic backstory of Ratcatcher 2. Her dad was Ratcatcher 1. He was a super scientist, but he got addicted to heroin and it ended up on the streets. But he took some of his super science stuff with him and invented the rat controlling wand, which she now is in possession of. Right. She's Ant Man. Also, he was played by. Well, that's Ant-Man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it is sort of Ant-Man. He was played by, uh, you know, Takai Watiti. He is amazing. Taika. I know yeah, what it is. What? It was a joke. <laughs> a bad one, obviously. I thought you got him and George Takei confused. <laughs> that was the joke. Oh. <laughs> He's got such range. Jokes are always better when you have to explain them. Well, yeah. I mean, just in case there's any dummies in the audience. I'm one. Looking at you, Connor. <laughs> wow, dude. Oh. How dare you? Whoa. Uh, anyway, shout out to Connor. How you doing? Connor, I'm going to give you <laughs> Chad's. Our, 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 our biggest and dumbest fan. I'm going to give you Chad's address so you can hurt him physically. <laughs> you don't know my address. I know exactly where you live. <laughs> anyway, back to Taika Waititi. 
he has such range. He can he he can transcend comic book generations. <laughs> and he is a Marvel man and a DC man. It sounds like you're about to exhale at the end of that sentence. <sighs> he has such range. <laughs> so much rage. Is someone threatening you to compliment him? He has a gun to your He's head. He's standing right here. Why is he in your room? And can I have an autograph? Yeah, can I have an autograph? Hey. <laughs> the next sequence, I I feel like it's just James Gunn dunking on David Ayers because like one of the worst scenes in the 2016 one is where like they go to the bar and drink and bond. Yeah, and it just stops the movie dead and sucks. But then, like James Gunn's like, I'll just do a, I'll do an interesting version of that. Yeah, I, I don't even remember that. That, sure. that scene did that feel like one. he has a actual grudge against David Ayer, and he was like, I'm a <laughs> fucking knock a bar scene out of the water. They have a nice time at the bar. Uh, Idris Elba's a bit a of a nice stick time. in the mud because he's 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 uh, concerned with the mission, but Peacemaker's like trying to get everyone to you know basically build a team. Uh, team building strategies here and eventually they do run into thinker but the security forces arrive as well and so cena and idris elba sacrifice themselves and are captured by the security detail so that Ratcatcher and polka dot man can get away with the thinker and they succeed yay this next scene kind of made me sad because like uh flag and cena and elba are like being taken away in a paddy wagon and the security detail is, like, being pretty chill to them, more or less. Like, not being a hard-ass. And, like, he even gives Idris Elba a cigarette. And then they do, uh... They start discussing this karate technique where if you, you know, smash someone in the nose hard enough, you can instantly kill them. Which I guess is a real thing. I think mostly people are accidentally killed that way in fistfights. It is possible. Like, if your nose bone is yeah. hit the wrong way, it'll go up into your brain. It's literally like two and a half pounds of pressure. Like, it's nothing. Every UFC fight should end in death. Oof. I don't want it to all, happen, I'm just saying. It should. They all headbutt the guards at the same time and insta-kill them. And then John Cena takes one of their guns and even though he's handcuffed, like, behind the back, shoots the driver through the car wall, like, the, the separating the, the, the paddy wagon from the car. And they escape. They flip the van. And they get out, and they're back together with the other half of the team, and they have the thinker now. And so the last thing to do is save Harley Quinn. James, mm-hmm. why did this scene make you sad? Just because the guard was like kind of nice to them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the the guy was nice to Harley Quinn, but he wanted to murder children. Yeah, who hurt you? All right, but this was just a working <laughs> stiff, like, you know, low-level guard. Yeah, he was just following orders. We get it. Yeah, James, also on the Nazi side, understood. <laughs> All right. I, I, let's let, I'd like to get the attention off of me. <laughs> so now Harley's being interrogated and tortured by, like, the other general who's in charge now, but she is able to engineer her own escape and using the javelin, which may or may not be magic, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not really clear. Uh, she does. She like she cuts her way out of the building with the javelin. We see what we perhaps what it looks like from her perspective, like when she slashes someone with the javelin, like butterflies and hearts <laughs> shoot out of them <laughs> instead of blood. You can say this of James Gunn. He uses the medium 
to its utmost capacity. Yeah. And he does it sometimes in the face of anything. Like, he, he just, he throws logic and making sense out the window because he's like, uh, I'm making a movie. Let's make it cool and colorful and fun. Yeah. And, and I wonder, again, I didn't see Birds of Prey, but I wonder if, like, that art style was a callback to birds of prey because it, yeah, it seems so intentional same, yeah. yeah it seems so intentional and yeah maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that movie this weekend <laughs> yeah let's not bring it up anymore none of us have seen it. <laughs> i don't plan on watching it <laughs> i there's a lot of dc stuff i have not seen i'm not a dc completionist i never saw aquaman i never saw oh aquaman was little... good shazam Shazam, Shazam, was, good. I, I watched Shazam, Shazam. was really good. And Chad has always been a in the side of, oh, you have to watch Aquaman. And I've always been on the side of, no, thank you. No, it's good, dude. I know you say that all the time. Um, <laughs> there's a comedian I like, not not to just steal content from someone funnier than me. but Do it. Do it. He was saying like, <laughs> he, uh, he, him and his friends like got together, you know, during a holiday when people are back in their hometowns and they were going to go see Aquaman. And so first they they all dropped acid to go see Aquaman. Wow. Because it because that was the holiday season, Aquaman was sold out. So they had to go see uh Coco instead. Oh my <laughs> and what happened is they all just start, got got really emotional and started crying. <laughs> well yeah, that movie is a tearjerker, man. It was That's it so was, funny. Yeah. Yeah, so she escapes just as the Suicide Squad shows up to save her. Her and Flag reunite. You know, they're old friends. They're the only surviving members of the original movie, which may still be canon. It's not clear. Do we think that, guys? Do we? Did in the logic of this movie, did the first movie happen? They asked James Gunn this exact question, and his response was, "The Suicide Squad is its own thing." Oh, okay. Okay, but yeah, Rick but, Flag but... and Captain Boomerang and happen to be the same exact Harley. people. Yeah, it was a direct quote from James Gunn. He said thing yeah, but, with an I a. Mean, but, I mean, Iron Man 2 is its own thing. It just is also a sequel to Iron Man. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's so a deflection like a, of an answer, a, a not real answer. A soft reboot, right? <laughs> yes. Because a soft reboot, it does not, it does not borrow any <clears throat> specific plot points from the first one, but nothing in this movie contradicts the existence of the first one. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if you guys remember way back when the, like... The Hulk movie came out, not the Incredible Hulk movie oh, that was yes. part of the MCU. Yeah. There was the Hulk movie, and then they made the Incredible Hulk. But they made back then. I mean, now it doesn't stand up. But back then, they made a lot of the context vague enough that it could have been like a loose continuation of that story. But now, because we've developed the Hulk so much, it's not right. That's some pussy shit. <laughs> well, you know, they, it was they didn't have faith. And then they never made another Hulk movie. So That's because you was, shouldn't have had faith. It was, uh, they, they made the right choice. But you gotta have faith. There's a whole song about it. Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. James, please keep going. <laughs> Alright, so this all kicks off the third act where they're storming the giant government facility that's the holding the top secret military intelligence that they need. When they get there, uh, they start setting up... Well, first there's an action sequence where they break in. Then they're setting up demolition to destroy the building... Meanwhile, Peacekeeper, uh, Ratcatcher, and Idris Elba go to the basement with the Thinker, and it's revealed that, like, actually this research is being done on a giant space starfish named Starro the Conqueror, 
which is a real DC villain, I yep. have come to understand. Yeah, yeah. there there was a, a mechanized version of it in the uh, the Justice League movie, where there was this mechanical star that jumps on someone's face and, like, probes them. It's one of James oh. Gunn's favorite DC villains from his childhood, and he very purposely put it in this movie. And when you get to the end of its story, it's, like, also one of the best characters of the movie. Yeah, I agree. Also, I heard that it was, like, the first big villain that the Justice League had to fight, which is kind of funny and strange. So, more or less, the Thinker has been, like, torturing Starro while also experimenting on innocent civilians. Because, like, Starro lets out these little starfish, which take over your brain like a brain slug. And uh, he's been seeing the capabilities of that if they can turn it into a mind control program or something and he also reveals more or less like the secret reason the suicide squad is here is that this was all being done under the direction of like i don't know the cia or military intelligence or something and the the suicide squad here is just here to cover this all up and that's why they're destroying the building and this really upsets rick flag who's like no the people need to know the truth and so he downloads the research data onto uh a portable hard drive at which point Peacemaker reveals that he knew this all the time and that he can't allow Rick Flagg to do that because it's compromising the mission, which will compromise peace, which is Peacemaker's whole thing. He basically closed his eyes, walked up to a wall full of yeah. like electronics, oh, yeah. and reached in and was like, got it. This is Just the exact thing I that. needed, and I know everything about this. Yeah. Anybody that's Hold ever worked up. on a computer knows how easy it is to remove a hard drive. Yeah, no screws at all. <laughs> no, none at all. You just, you just yank. But you're right. You also get right. the characterization of John Cena's Peacemaker here, where he's just like, I will keep the peace, and I will be needlessly violent to do so. I will keep the peace at all costs. Yeah, he describes himself as a douchebag version of Captain America. I, I really uh, I liked this. I liked like the character attack against him. Where he, they're saying like you're just using peace as a as an excuse to do whatever the fuck you want, you know. I I, I liked that the verbal spar against his character before. That's more James Gunn like military U.S. <laughs> America critique, basically. Yeah, you're just you're just using the concept of protecting everyone to be violent and controlling. Do we think that the show? is going to explore that notion like because it was introduced and then never really paid off yeah well i assume we'll see his backstory we'll see whatever he did to and wind up in jail because he was supposed to be a good guy he's like a punisher type good guy well the uh, punisher's not anti-hero. a good hero yes like an anti-hero he's not a good guy anymore that's very clear also mm. in the show he talks about his father in the suicide squad who trained him to be a trained killer and his father will be in the show. So it, it will be a re-origin story. Shwe. How about that uh, macro shot of uh, the piece of toilet going into Flag's heart? <laughs> like, yeah. what? I saw well, that. I'm like, we're not oh, quite there yet. shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's in a little bit. Okay, um, well, uh, you know, I, have, I was feeling it in my heart. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> no, you Adam. jumped ahead and you should be ashamed of yourself. Meanwhile, uh, the other team led by Harley and Bloodsport, are setting up the explosives. King Shark finds a room full of alien fish that he falls in love with. <laughs> Accurate. It was great. And as they're setting up explosions, like one of the members of the leftist paramilitary group, the one who drives the van, has actually like been with them the whole time, which is something that I noticed too. I was like, oh, this guy's just always here, just even though they don't guy. talk to him. 
And he gets shot and killed by some security guards, which really upsets Polka Dot Man because it's like, dude, he was like part of the team at this point. Yeah, that was Milton. <laughs> Floodsport's like, well, I didn't even realize he was still here. And then Harley did not even know the guy's name. No, I, but I do think it's a bit of a commentary on like all the red shirts in Star Trek who are just yeah. around and they're only there to die. And, you know, Milton was not there to die. He was a valued member of the group. And then when he died, <laughs> the, half the team is like, oh, we liked Milton. Polka Dot Man responds by shooting some of his destructive polka dots at the security guards, but he accidentally hits one of the pieces of plastic explosive which then starts a chain effect of blowing them all up and bringing the building down, including that tank full of the alien fish, which were cute, but now that they're free, they're, like, trying to kill King Shark. <laughs> they're like Metroids, yeah. <laughs> As it's coming down, they haven't killed Starro yet, so he, like, more or less gets free. Rick Flag and Peacemaker are fighting over the drive. It's a pretty brutal fight where you think, like, several times... Rick Flag like has the upper hand, but it's just like really hard to kill Peacemaker. It reminded me of an Invincible fight, the Amazon cartoon show. Yeah. Because in that show, things would happen to characters and you'd be like, oh, that person's dead. Or their face is never going to be the same. Like in most entertainment, there is violence that you always feel like someone will be able to just be how they looked before but invincible is not that way and this fight wasn't that way either this is all leading to john cena stabbing rick flag in the heart mortal Kombat style yeah it fatality really was. were you more mad adam that rick flag died than the first five minutes in the movie or or not uh yes i it was i didn't expect it to happen honestly i didn't expect him to kill him like I, I knew that they were going to care. Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> I didn't expect to care. <laughs> it turns but out no, I cared. like it was like this just reasoning as to why you wanted to to take it, right. you know, take it. But and, and can you imagine if if Joel Kinnaman had died in the 2016 Suicide Squad, would you even have blinked? Like no, yeah, <laughs> no. Honestly, I thought he did. I think it happened because because it happened right after he had like that. You know what? Fuck it. I'm doing the right thing now. Right. I'm so sick of covering up their bullshit. Like it happened right after like his his like come to Jesus moment, and, and then so he was like standing up for something that he believed in. Right. And, and and I just want to make one shout out to that scene where like they're fighting and you see, you're watching it in the reflection of the helmet. Oh, oh yeah. That so pretty, good. Yeah, that was that, a good, that that was was a good cool. scene. I, I want to know how they did that or if it was just all CG. I think they made the helmet in a way that had like angles that one hit the camera. They did it multiple times and layered on top. I, I, but I agree with you. I want a behind the scenes of that exact shot. It was so of stupid just like good. that shot. Yeah. <laughs> he does eventually kill Rick Flagg. What? Ratcatcher 2 uh, witnesses it and grabs the drive, and then she runs away, and uh, Peacemaker eventually catches up with her, knocks the rat-controlling thing out of her hand, and she's like, well, you can just destroy the drive, you don't have to kill me, and he's like, well, no, because you, you still know what happened, so I have to cover up the truth uh, as thorough. best as I can. Well, yeah. I don't think it's even that. I think that that was that was him that was confirming to the audience what he was saying. You just want to do man. bad things in the name of good. Oh, yeah, he just wants to. He just wants <clears throat> to hurt people. Yeah. yeah, he gets off on it. You're a doucher. Also, the last third of the movie, I think, is almost completely carried by Ratcatcher 2's face. Like the yeah. emotions on her face. Oh, she's, she's such great. a good actress. Yeah, she's really. Yeah, great. Yeah, she did really good. I agree. She is rescued at the last second by Bloodsport. 
Yeah, he like aristocrats down or aristocats. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Well, actually, Peacemaker, I think, you know, he doesn't want to, I think he felt like he could reason with Rick Flagg. He feels like he can reason with Idris Elba, maybe, but like nobody's agreeing with him. And so they do a Mexican standoff and they shoot each other at the same time. And Idris Elba's bullet goes through Peacemaker's. I thought maybe Peacemaker's is a hollow point and his was a solid. Is that what happened? It was well, a callback no, to call the back. smaller bullet conversation they had oh, earlier. And okay. also it was, I really liked it a lot because it was like they were staring down Amanda Waller. It was, it was just a proxy for Amanda Waller uh, and John Cena's Peacemaker being like, well, yeah, you know about Starro, and you're going to tell people, so you have to die. That's just the way it goes. And it, it was a complete, like, in-person understanding that all the characters have made a decision in their minds that they're not evil, or they're, they don't want to be evil, even if they if they didn't believe they were in the first place. But, like, they don't want to be anti-heroes. They want to actually do something that's not what John Cena is doing. So John Cena gets shot in the neck. He goes down. Uh, Starro then emerges from the depths of the lab. He's a big boy. Big boy. Takes possession of the entire island nation's military. They now all have starfishes on their heads like the facehuggers from Alien. There's a kaiju up in this bitch. <laughs> so can you guys explain something to me? So, sure. <clears throat> so in the, uh, in the footage that they were looking at, he was small. So by putting the face suckers on the people, he gets bigger. Yes, they. I no, think no, they no. Did, I think I think did say something about its size. Like it grew in size. He absorbs people. Yeah. If yeah, if he eats somebody, he'll get bigger. So so the face sucker things, they're they are just temporary while he's eating them. Yeah, that's just how he makes his foot soldiers. No, he just drank a lot of milk, Chad. That's why he's bigger now. Uh, we get the cool title sequence, Suicide Squad versus Starro the Conqueror. Very Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I liked it. So who's the real Conqueror, though? Starro or Kang? (laughs) (laughs) It's Kang. Starro doesn't want this goddamn life. He was happy. We find out. The Suicide Squad, what's left of them at least, uh, (laughs) it, it... Fights off being possessed by the starfish. There's a funny sequence where, like, the starfish keep trying to latch onto King Shark's face, oh, yeah, but it's I just love too that. big. <laughs> it's just, like, flapping noises. <laughs> and so the army of starfish heads and Starro takes off towards the, the center of the city, at which point Amanda Waller chimes in and says, uh, okay, mission complete. Uh, uh, please go move to the extraction zone. We've already covered up America's involvement, and so we're done here. The thing that she's been preaching the entire time, which is not only are you expendable, but when everything is over, you get to leave now. And the people on that island, I don't give a shit about. Right. They, I think they said uh, the destruction of the of this rebel nation would be considered a net positive for the right. United States or yep. something like yep. it was. It was really bleak. <laughs> so Bloodsport decides like he's had enough of this and he thinks about his own daughter and what she would think of him if he just walked away and let all these innocent people die when they could have done something about it. And he starts to walk in the direction of Starro. All the other characters go with him. And Amanda Waller flips the switches in order to detonate the bombs in their heads. But the rest of like the Task Force XHQ mutinies her. And, and the second in the command hits her with a golf club and knocks her out before she could do it. But crucially, she did not see it happen. She didn't know who hit her. 
<laughs> it was a stand up in the theater and clap moment, I think, which you don't do because that's uh, rude. But like, yeah, don't uh, do that. Yeah, no, People that's just that not in nice. Game. <laughs> well, that's because yeah, Endgame is Endgame. You can do whatever. Uh, <laughs> when you're allowed to emote. When hundred percent yeah. of people are crying, you get to do whatever you want to do. But yes, she gets knocked the fuck out, and in Idris Elba's head is Amanda Waller's earlier sentence, which is like, "I'm gonna make a leader out of you," and that's how Amanda Waller talks. And Idris Elba's like, "Fuck, I am a leader. Fuck." So in the big final fight with Starro, first of all, Starro just makes it to the city and takes over anyway. <laughs> Did you guys think it was convenient that none of the face suckers even really tried to get any of the main characters? Well, no, they uh-huh. did. And, and Andrew Selba was like shooting them with his gun. But I'm like, dude, put on your helmet. It smashed. Yeah, his helmet broke. His helmet fucking smashed. I, but I get what they you're pers- saying. Yes, yeah. it, it is convenient that not one, like, like it should have at least one of them should have landed on rat catcher two and like shark should have pulled it off or something. And like zero other people thought to cover their face. Like you put, just put your hand on your face. I don't know, Chad. I don't think you can be judging people (laughs) who are getting hit by like 60 to a hundred mile per hour starfish in the air. That's not something you, (laughs) that you usually like prepare yourself for. Apocalyptic raining of starfish. All the main characters were able to get away. Even like the spot guy got away. Well, they're superheroes, Chad. No, they're not. Yeah, they're they're, they're they're specifically not that. Well, it's Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man is at the end, okay? <laughs> so the fight with Starro begins. Polka Dot Man deals a pretty good blow to Starro's foot, uh, imagining it's a giant version of his abusive mother. Hilarious. Good shit. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, he has this one victorious moment and then is immediately crushed. Sad. Sad shit. I really hope that that actress is like one of the extras in Justice League star labs yes <laughs> that would be great at which point things are looking bad for blood sport but Ratcatcher 2 inspired by a memory of her father taika watiti saying like if a rat can have a purpose then we all can <laughs> he's french yeah he was he was french, yeah, he was, french. Yeah. Yes. He was? i didn't even catch that yeah how dare you homo ask rat- that three homo times? Ratatouille. Oh, I didn't even catch that he was French. He was <laughs> French, Adam. Adam. Adam looking at the Eiffel Tower in the background. He's like, this could be anywhere. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> see that. The rats deal a substantial amount of damage, at which point Harley Quinn, with Javelin's Javelin, jumps into Starro's eye in a pretty gross sequence and plunges into it. Before that, they tell King Shark Hulk smash. Like, it's the exact yes, same, yes. Like, exact same scene. And he jumps up and goes and tries to uh, eat. Yeah, he the did starfish just man. all of a sudden have the ability to jump really high. <laughs> yeah, like, like that, never, never shown that power before. Yeah. This fish, he is this the, fish man has jump superpowers. He's the progeny of a god, so uh, he has those uh, hidden powers apparently. Yeah, so the Starro guy, Cockerer Star, is off balance because Polka Dot Man took off one of the legs. Harley Quinn. Uh, jumps through the center of Starro's eyeball, which made me like go, oh, fuck, I hate that. And uh, Ratcatcher makes all the rats go inside Starro and eat him from the inside out. A side note, uh, Bloodsport does not like rats. So when rats are just like, Walking over him, the song being played Pouring is Pouring com- over him. Yeah, the song being played is by the composer of the movie, and it's called Ratism. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that that scene was, like, beautifully disgusting. 
yes, yes. And and what made it gross to me is that she jumped in, (laughs) was swimming around, and her her fucking eyes were open in the eye goo of the starfish. Like, well, she probably never needed to blink. All, it's all the eye goo, you it's, know? Yeah, so it's natural. Yeah. It's a natural one. Her eyes were very, very wet. Yeah. <laughs> but but he was French? <laughs> <laughs> Still didn't catch that. Um, oh, no. The, uh, the sequence ends, and Indris Elba gets on the horn with... Amanda Waller and says, I still have uh, the drive here with me. I'm not going to release it to the press. However, uh, this is now my leverage over you. The other, these, <laughs> the three of us left alive and King Shark now, I guess you have to go let this monster loose in the wild, uh, are now free from jail. And if, <laughs> if, if you should ever try to, uh, I didn't us, think of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Should you ever try to betray us? Right. He's going to be out in Hawaii, like, eating people. Yeah, like, uh, like he was going to eat his friends. Like, he's not safe in public. <laughs> I look forward to a shot of King Shark in, like, a sandals pool at the swim-up bar having a Mai Tai and then turning around and chopping somebody's head off. And everybody <laughs> running away be like, okay, this is the life. <laughs> Bloodsport's daughter sees on TV that like a bunch of heroes defeated Starro, and she's like, "Hey, it's my dad." This I'm is bullshit. That part is bullshit. That is a straight ripoff of the masterpiece that is Armageddon, where the oh, astronaut comes back and Ryan likes Armageddon because it's a masterpiece. Okay, Michael Bay's well, greatest my work. Bags are packed. I'm ready, ready to go. I'm Ben Affleck, and I'm singing Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. I hate to wake you. Keep going, bitch. (laughs) It's a bad movie. I Um, love that movie. That's my my daddy. Yeah, who's that guy? That is your dad. I don't want to fall asleep. Bruce Willis died for this. And there's a funny (laughs) sequence where, you know, Idris Elba, who knew Rick Flagg when they were in Special Forces together, shares a moment with Harley Quinn where they're, like, kind of grieving him. And she's like, well, I could be your friend, Winston. And he's like, that's not my name. She's like, is it not? Milton. Didn't we just have a big, Mil- or, well, Mil- didn't we have a big conversation about how you were Milton? <laughs> and like, obviously, <laughs> Polka Dot Man is dead now. He can't chime in. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Do we ever learn his character's name? He's got a, he's got a canon name from DC, Polka Dot Man. But, but do they ever, s- no, no, not Polka Dot Man, Bloodshot. Do we ever learn his name? Yeah, his name's Robert Dubois. Also, his name is Bloodsport. Oh, yeah. Bloodsport. Bloodshot. Bloodshot. What did, what did I say? Bloodshot. <laughs> that is what you said. Bloodshot eyeballs. Bloodshot starfish <laughs> eyeball. So the yes. day is saved. They're all free. James Gunn has spun a turd into gold. Uh, in, in an after credit scene, the weasel <laughs> wakes back up, not actually dead. Thank And Christ. then also, Peacemaker is uh, being... being uh, recovered and and treated by the u.s military yeah because he has a tv show yeah so the show um, is going to be a sequel sequel or... prequel who knows yeah, flashbacks. whatever i'll tell you i'm on board for whatever yeah james gunn just started writing it during quarantine without actually saying to wb that he was writing it and then at the end he was like i wrote this can i make it and then walter hamato was like you can do whatever the fuck you want man 
<laughs> I hope that we get more like cross pollination between the Marvel and DC verse. I, I I want everyone to play nice together. I don't. I, I feel like we're gonna get better stories. We're gonna get better movies. If, if so we can don't, I, can I say? I, I mean, I agree with Chad, but like, I I I did not like Loki, and I did not like Black Widow, but like I did like this, and I did like uh, Joker. Uh, and some other DC, like the Harley Quinn Joker cartoon, was is also quite good. The DCEU, it's still Harley DC Quinn what? Property. The Harley Quinn TV show, uh, the Harley Quinn cartoon show, yeah, starring Kaylee Cuoco, who did a great job. Oh, I haven't seen it. And the thing is, like, I always thought DC sucked, even since I was a kid. But like now, it's like they're turning it around because, like, I think not. I don't have superhero fatigue, but I have like super safe Marvel formula fatigue for sure. Yeah. They need to change. I I agree. I agree. They need to they need to break out of their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I loved this movie. I'm I'm down for whatever's next. I, I mean, I I'll see any rated R comic book movie. The sure. Homicide yeah. Squad. Apparently, Kevin Feige is uh is fighting Disney to try to allow for more rated R Marvel movies. Is Deadpool going to be R? Deadpool is going to be R. That's that's confirmed. Yeah. His movie made more than Jesus. <laughs> Jesus didn't make a lot of money. That was like his whole thing. I don't think we need to do a sequence where we sit, because I think it's pretty clear we all really liked it and would recommend yeah. it, right? Um, yeah. But I, I, I would like to do a quick reading series very, very quickly. Uh, I want you guys to go into this one blind. I'm, I'm going to read a, fir- a couple paragraphs. I'll take off my glasses. But first, I want you to listen to this and try to wonder who wrote this and what are they writing about, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> it starts. Why did you uh, clear your throat? You've been talking for an hour. <laughs> resetting his uvula for the gravitas when we say who said it are we said like famous person or are we supposed to guess like like you know jack milton <laughs> it was james yeah, it was yeah right this is my manifesto no okay just listen just <laughs> my turn dot 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 i don't know what quit is and i'm not who you think i am nothing in my life was handed to me it's been a struggle from the jump my pops committed suicide christmas morning when i was four in miami and that was just the beginning Foster care, abuse, disruption, chaos. I went to more schools than I can count. What's stability? I was in South L.A. doing hood rat shit as a kid, got arrested. L.A. County probation forever. Had to take the bus to Crenshaw and exposition to see the gang lady twice a month. But that didn't stop me from doing a lot of stupid and dangerous shit. I was the kid everyone knew was just going to end up dead or in prison. And I was in the right hood for it. I've seen bodies, blood, heads busted open, watched people die. Stepped over brains on the sidewalk to catch my bus. Been shot at more times than I can remember. Got my ass beat by the LAPD. So I joined the Navy and served on a nuclear submarine. And I saw more and experienced things that seared my soul. Try 67 days underwater in a steel tube when you're running out of food. Donald Trump. So who wrote this, and mm. what are they? What is what is this actually about, do you guys think? I feel like I've heard it before. Is that possible? He's uh, he's in the Navy. It's, it's, not, it's a bottle. It sounds like a douchey thing Jeremy Renner would write. Oh, do you guys do you give up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not All Donald right. Trump? So, so, so this is David Ayers. Oh my! And this Christ. is the beginning of his letter about release the airs cut. Oh my! <laughs> Suicide <laughs> What a tool bag! All right. Great. It keeps going. It keeps going. I'm I'm gonna skip it a little bit. Uh, I put my life into Suicide Squad. I made something amazing. <laughs> In a certain respect, yeah. 
Amazing. Well, I, I I heard I heard that like they did complete a movie, like two versions of a movie, and it, nobody liked either one of them when they tested it in theaters. So then they like did a bunch of reshoots and like merged them, and then like nobody liked it more. And then they just released it because they got sick of spending money on it. It's okay. He's gonna hit it out of the park with Bright Two. Oh, <laughs> Bright wow. sucked. Oh I watched God. Bright with Chad. There's another Bright coming out. Yeah, I mean, like it was, another, it was, it was one of the most watched Netflix things of all time. Really? Will Smith, baby. I made something amazing. My cut is intricate and emotional journey. Yeah, he's missing an article there. It should be a emotional journey. My cut is intricate and emotional journey with some quote unquote bad people who are shit on and discarded parentheses. The theme that resonates in my soul. The studio cut is not my movie. Read that again. And my cut is not. Did he tell us to read cut. that again? Yes, read it again. The studio is David cut is not my movie. I'm not gonna. I barely <laughs> wanted to read that the first time. <laughs> and my cut is not the ten weeks director cut. It's a fully mature edit by Lee Smith, standing on the incredible work by John Gilroy, and it's all Stephen Price's brilliant score with not a single radio song in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like James Gunn. <laughs> not a single radio song is what he said. Because yeah. the first one has like a hundred. The studio cut. And also, it sounds kind of like he just figured out the radio was invented. Hey, by the way, Rick Flagg in the first one was going to be played by Tom Hardy, who dropped out to do The Revenant. Wow. Does anybody Good else think call. of Rick Flair every time Good. someone says Rick Flagg? Yes. Woo! That needs to be on Woo! the list of history's greatest calls right there. <laughs> it has a traditional character arcs. Again, learn to write. David Ayers is a professional writer. <laughs> amazing performances <laughs> a solid third act resolution a handful of people have seen it if someone says they have seen it they haven't <laughs> oh that's <laughs> so unhinged professional writer so yeah should be clear by now i dant with an a have any quit in me <laughs> <laughs> so he was definitely like drunk on something did you guys remember the Enchantress is in that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's terrible. Unreal, dude. So, yeah. Should be clear by now, I dan't have any quit in me. <laughs> Never have. And why should I? Every day, <laughs> breathing is a gift, and I, though... I... I, though, my story was... <laughs> He's a writer! Where did you he wrote Training Days! He wrote Training Days on his Twitter. Oh. <laughs> you can tell that he was, like feverishly writing this like his thumbs were pushing through the glass he had to get a new iphone after this i though my story was going to oh, end God. in a grave or a cell long ago so these i'm living are bonus rounds <laughs> jesus wow oh. i'm so honored and blessed to have the career i do quit after my kids watched me come home every day after the studio takeover of the edit with my heart torn out who would i be to them if i quit I've never told my side of the story, and I never will. You just did. You just Why? did. This is what you're doing right now. <laughs> it sounds like he. this was like a big passion project for him. It, 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 is that the case? He dumped it. Oh, oh, man. I've never told my side of the story, and I never will. Why? Same reason no one will ever know what happened on that summer. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to know what happened on that submarine. What? I keep my covenants. I'm old school like that. So I kept my mouth shut and took the tsunami of criticism. Why? That's what I've done my whole life. Real talk, I'd rather get shot at. Oh, fuck you. You are on 18 out of 20 tweets. 
You fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm so proud of James Gunn and excited for the success that's coming. I support WB and I'm thrilled for the franchise is getting the legs it needs. I'm rooting for everyone, the cast, the crew. Every movie is a miracle, and James's brilliant work will be the miracle of miracles. What? No, he doesn't. Again, he missed he, he, another typo. And and James apostrophe S and James brilliant work <laughs> will be the miracles of miracles. I appreciate your patience. I will no longer speak publicly on this matter. Again, guys, the importance of just like when you write something down that you're going to show people, just take another look at. Just read it through it once. Yeah, put the phone down, give it some it. time, look around, <laughs> see who fucking asked. It was written like like my dad who like doesn't know how to text and <laughs> you know, a random uh, thumb up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Warner Brothers has said definitively, but I mean, they said this before, the air cut is not happening. But I mean, they said the same thing about the Snyder cut, so. Right, so we just Who need knows? three years of harassment to WB, and then they'll release it. Right. I'm sure, there, I, I gotta believe the, D, the the DC fanboys are probably on Twitter sending death threats to people, release the air cut. You don't know what happened on that submarine. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> We're all bubbleheads now. Yeah. But yeah, I... It is crazy to think, when you read that letter, you think about the other movies that David Ayer wrote. He wrote Training Day, which is a an, an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, you should, because it's really good. Oh, it's a great movie. But yeah, that's that's David Ayer. Losing his fucking mind. I don't mind. know what he really said in that letter. <laughs> like Tipping him over the edge. Apart, apart from that the, that the air cut is out, that it's, it exists. Uh- I would I would say that he was trying to tell his story, but he very explicitly said that he will not tell his story. Right, so, so it couldn't have been was. couldn't have been a story. <laughs> signals. The, the story the story is that he has a story. That's I it. just I cannot believe that the his his announcement of the air cut begins with like I have I have killed and and done heroin and something horrible happened to me on a submarine. Anyway, Warner Brothers really betrayed me about Suicide Squad. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure the the tons of money he made from it even a failure he still made a ton of money yeah but he didn't have any quit in him he didn't have <laughs> any quit that sounds like a uncle like a drunk uncle from alabama you don't have any quit in you yeah you know james it's really not nice that you're making fun of someone's accent and i also like the idea that <laughs> j-a-m-e apostrophe s sounds like james right like if you sound it out <laughs> Oh, that's James' movie. <laughs> I, maybe he's got a friend. Maybe he has a friend named James, and it just autocorrected to to James with an apostrophe. Yeah, that's incredibly relatable. People having friends named James. Okay, thank you for joining us at the Suicide Squad. Uh, uh, the patrons who helped put this together are as follows: new patron Connor O'Dowd, who Chad is going to physically fight, and Connor's going to beat you up, dude. Yeah, and Jamie sure. Lochner, Anthony Wells, Dave Eleven Podcast, James Watch My Dong, Atheist is Unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brinkin, Dave Eleven Westworld, Craig, John Jurs, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas. Thank you very much for the money that you give us, and you are supporting the show and. Uh, the audio hosting just renewed, so your money went there, and that's how we're on the you internet. You didn't do SoundCloud again, did you? I didn't purposely do it. I forgot what God day it man. was, and it renewed. <laughs> we're in there for another year, baby. <laughs> when I saw I the charge, I was also yeah. disappointed. Wow, well-oiled machine. <laughs> These guys over here. Next week, Marvel, what if? 
And then uh, the other Adam and I are going to record another Horror Boys uh, movie. You should call it the Horror Boys for sure. <laughs> the, the Horror B.O. Boys. <laughs> Do you have body odor? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah B.O. I guess boys. I, the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about I don't know about him, but I kind of do. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right now, you don't know what happened on that submarine, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, he was French. <laughs> Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.